0: Welcome to the Bookworm Collective.
1: This episode, we will be checking in on our reading goals for this year.
0: We are about halfway through the year with this episode. So Anderson and I thought this would be a good time just to check in on our goals because both of us set goals that are a year long. So, you know, it's always nice as you've set a goal, just kind of like you know, think through how far you've got, see if you need to make any changes so that you can try to reach it or, you know, just kind of do some reflecting on how you think it's gone so far. So that's kind of going to be the entire point of this episode. We're going to check in on our goals, tell you some of the highlights, and then also tell you some of the things that we are looking forward to as we finish out the year. So um, Anderson, um, how is your goal going?
1: So just a little refresher, my reading goal for this year was just in general to read more books than I did last year. So last year I read a total of 32 books, and this year I'm kind of aiming towards 35. So this year I have only read seven books so far. It's been a little rough this entire year for reading, um, but right now I feel... I feel more motivated to read. I'm just like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to spend time to read this book because I'm, um, I'm just kind of looking forward to the books that I want that I'm reading right now.
0: Well, and do you feel like you get in these like reading seasons where like there are certain times of the year where you like really will crush more and more books? Because I know like for me um, like the summer, I tend to actually like have a dip in my reading. I do a little bit less, but you know, maybe you do more later in the year.
1: Well, see, that's kind of hard to say because this year, this year has just been really busy for me. Like, um, right now, um, I'm work, I'm volunteering at a summer program that we have in my town and I really enjoy doing it, but it does take a lot of time. So like, I don't have that much time to read. And before, um, before that, uh, volunteer thing that I'm doing right now, I had to, I had to do school and it was final season. Then right before it, it was another musical for my high school. So it's just like, it's just been constantly going. So I haven't had that much time to read, but yeah, I think in the summer I feel more willing to read if that makes like, I always want to read, but I just, I feel more motivated in the summer because I, I, I feel like I have more time, even though I do spend a lot of it doing other things.
0: Yeah. And even though, you know, you have only read seven books so far, I mean, you've got some pretty lengthy books on that list, you know? So it's not like you're, you've read like seven, like children's stories, you know?
1: That is that is something that was kind of different about this year is that, um, I I was actually able to make it through a really long book like closer to eight hundred pages. I read Dune, and I I was really worried that Dune would turn out to be like really hard for me to stay motivated to read, and I actually. I actually enjoyed reading it, so that was a kind of neat surprise.
0: Yeah, I feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes you get stuck in this like rut where you're like not really enjoying your book, and then anytime you sit down to read, you're like, oh, I gotta read this book, and it's just like if you're doing this for your personal thing, you know, it's totally different if you got to read it for school. But um, you know, if you if you're just reading this book, it's like if you find yourself sitting down dreading reading the book, just put it down, just get a different book, you know. But um. You know, sometimes when you get like a really long book, you can even be really enjoying it. And you're like, man, I just got so far to go, you know, because it's just it's long.
1: Yeah, it definitely happened with Dune, but I, I just kept on pushing through anyway, because I, I just needed to get it done with really because it, it had been on my list for um for over a year. I think it was like a year and a half. And then I finally decided, yeah, I need to pick this up because I keep on pushing it to the back of my list and i just yeah well and
0: you ended up really liking it too right like even though it was long and you kind of it felt like you had to push through but didn't you give it um was it 4 or 5 worms i think and i gave it, it
1: i think i gave it a 5 worm rating and it was really good and i think i will read the entire series but i'm pretty sure the entire series is very similar in length per book so um i'm i'm going to take a little break from the dune series maybe maybe i'll like stick with one one Dune series book a year.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll get there eventually, you know, you'll it out.
1: Yep. So then another thing that I've been kind of surprised about this year is that most of the books that I've read were have been audiobooks. In the summer. In the summer I typically do re listen to more podcasts, but instead this year I decided to just start listening to audiobooks. So most of the book of the months that we've been doing. I've just listened by audiobook, and that's been helping me kind of keep up, even though I'm still kind of pretty behind on my list. So yeah, that's that's just kind of how my reading goal has been going for this year. So how how's yours been going, Harrison?
0: Yeah, so my uh, reading goal this year was to do one book a week. So that's 53 books in the year. And so far I am ahead of schedule. So I have read 30 books this year and so that means I've got 23 to go. And even though like my goal is like one book a week, um I haven't really been doing exactly one a week. Sometimes I'll do like two in a week and then other weeks I'll just like totally miss one. And um you know, it's been interesting because before I've never really been one to pay attention to how many books I've read in the year. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll read a book and I just kind of finish it. And then when I feel in the mood to read a book, I'll pick up another one. And um, with this goal, I mean, I feel like 53 books is kind of lofty and it's like quite a bit for me to try to get through. And sometimes I feel like I'm stuck with this goal, because like I am, I can feel myself trying to pick some shorter books so that I can like actually make it further along in my goal. you know, I'll look at a book and be like, yeah, there's no way I could finish that in a week. So maybe I'll read something different. And you know, it I did end up reading *Dune*, so that's in that thirty book count. But I pushed it off for a very long time and read some shorter books so that I knew I could like still stay within my like one week range. And I haven't been crazy about like the way that that's feeling. So, you know, I'm going to stick with my goal this year. I'm definitely not going to change it in the middle of the year and hopefully I'll make it through. But I think when I'm making my goal for next year, hopefully at least I will remember that, uh, that I think that this might just be a touch too high for me because it seems to be like, I think it takes a little of the enjoyment out as far as like picking books out. And then Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to read anything right now. Maybe I do want to listen to a podcast or something else. I can feel myself skipping out on what I actually want to do because I'm like, okay, I got to get this reading in. I don't know. I mean, I think that overall it's going pretty well. I am ahead of schedule and... Um, you know, like when I'm actively reading and I have like a list of books, it, it's not hard for me to finish one, maybe two books in a week. But that time when I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I want to read next, I get like really stuck. I'm like, oh, I've got to be finishing a book this week, so I better hurry up and pick something. Um, but yeah, so that's, a, that's how my goal has been going so far. And um, hopefully I can stick it out and keep ahead of the schedule. And maybe I will be finished with my goal early, but who knows?
1: I guess that's kind of something that's, pretty different i guess when you're looking at both harrison and i is because um harrison does more audiobooks than physical books like he will only read audiobooks and that's fine but um what i do is while i am like while most of this year I have read more audiobooks than physical books, I am still bringing a physical book everywhere I go. So then once I finish that physical book, I'm just like, well, I'll just pick this next book up because I need something to do when I'm when I don't have anything else to do. So I might as well just carry it around. And if I have a couple minutes, I'll just pick it up and read for a little bit. So and like you can yeah, do I- that with audiobooks, but um no idea what you're going to read because one odds are you haven't purchased it, you you're reading it through Libby. Um, you might have to wait for it, or you just don't have it and you don't know what to look at because in Libby you have a gajillion options and you don't know what might look good. Whereas if you've purchased a physical copy or purchased even a digital or audiobook version of that, you just know I bought it, so I should probably read it at some point.
0: Yeah. And I actually, this whole like Libby hold thing and when it's available, you got to, you know, you get it and everything. That dictates a lot of when I read and when I like push myself to read. And I'll be interested because I actually just moved. So my commute time is like almost completely gone. And that's how I used to listen to most of my books. I had about an hour's worth of driving every day. So I could get a significant amount of reading done. And now it's like 10 minutes you know, total for the entire day, which is going to be great for so many other things. But for reading, it's really going to cut it down. But for me, I feel myself personally being like, oh, I need to listen to this book at home because, um, oh, I have like three other books on Libby that are available right now. And I of course I borrowed them because I'm going to get them finished. And you know, so then I'm like, okay, I really got to steam through this book. And sometimes I think that that is really, really hard. I mean, for me, the only way I'm reading is through audiobooks because I have a very hard time just sitting there and reading, like just finding the time to just sit there and read the book. I I really struggle with. So usually with audiobooks, I can listen to them while I do other tasks, which I'm sure we've talked about before, and that's what I enjoy about it. But everybody else also says that I'm absolutely nuts when I do this. I always speed up books. So I listen to the book at normal speed when I first check it out. And I continually bump up the speed of the audiobook until I cannot understand it anymore. And then I back it down just a little so that the narrators are going as fast as I can comprehend. And um, because that's the case, most of the time I end up reading a book on two, two and a half speed. So I can fly through some of these audiobooks. And I think for some people, when they listen to books that way, it's super distracting. And at first they think it is, and then you just get used to it. But um, it makes sense. Like, you would never tell anybody that they are reading a book too fast. Like, if they're sitting there going through the words. You read the words at the pace that you can comprehend them. And... um so I'm just doing that with audiobooks. It's just that I'm speeding up somebody else's voice as they read it to me. And you don't lose any of, like, the quality of the narrator's performance if it is one of those types of books, because you hear all the same stuff. It's just faster. And it's everything is proportionally faster. It's not like the pauses get sped up, you know, and... Um, you know, sometimes it makes it like unbearable to listen to a book on normal speed or like your phone will accidentally switch it back to normal. And you're like, why are they reading so slow? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting the way that people read, but also just when when can
1: you fit time in? So now we are going to just kind of discuss some of the books that we thought were, the highlights so far for this year. So we're not going to say what our favorite books are mostly because there are many books that we all enjoy and it's kind of hard to pick a favorite from all of them. So Harrison, you want to go ahead and start?
0: Yeah, I would say, um, so far in my year, um, you know, there've been a couple of things that have stand out, but the first thing that really stood out was the Scythe trilogy and um, we actually, I actually finished all of them before we had started this podcast, and um, I wasn't like super sure about the books. I wasn't like confident that I would enjoy reading them. It's just, um, I don't know, it, like the way the book is categorized is not something that I is not something that I tend to read, and so I wasn't sure about them. But a year ago, Anderson explained to me what the whole story of these books, spoilers and all. At, at like a pool party, and it was like the most confusing thing ever. You know, kept kept hearing this term deadish, and then dead. You know, it was like so complicated, and I was like, okay, I'm really, really confused, but I'm also kind of interested. And when I finally got around to reading them this year... I really enjoyed them. They really stood out to me and um, are just something that I really enjoyed. And so I'm sure we'll talk about it more when we talk about Ender's Game, but what I recently found out that was interesting is Neil Shusterman, who wrote the Scythe series is actually very good friends with Orson Scott Card who wrote Ender's Game. And a lot of these ideas in Scythe actually came about through conversations that uh, Card and Schusterman had together. So it's kind of interesting just to see like how different books like are kind of tied in and that, like these authors know each other and help come up with ideas. Um, so I'd say like Scythe is probably my first highlight of the year. But um, the other thing that was has really stood out to me so far this year was the book Apollo 8. So before I like kind of like re-got into reading, I was really big into nonfiction. Almost everything I read was nonfiction. But then when I started doing a lot more audiobooks, for some reason, I wasn't listening to a lot of nonfiction. I was just getting back into a lot of fiction and was enjoying it. But Apollo 8, um, I picked up after we went to the Kennedy Space Center and I really enjoyed it I had a great time getting back into nonfiction, and um, this story is written very very well it tells you a lot about like an Apollo mission that I feel like a lot of people don't hear about but you know it is very interesting to me but it kind of got me back into nonfiction, and I actually think that a lot of the things that came out of this book you know After I read Apollo 8, I probably read like six or seven more space-based nonfiction books. And, um, you know, I think this is going to kind of dictate a lot of what I read in the future of this year. Like, I think I'm going to pick up a lot more nonfiction. So I think that Apollo 8 um, definitely was up there as far as highlights so far.
1: That's one of the things that I kind of just set. Maybe I think I set like a personal goal at the beginning of this year or sometime this year that I just kind of wanted to read some more nonfiction books because I, I mostly read fiction and that's kind of been constant throughout, uh, since fifth grade, probably I've been reading mostly fiction books and every now and then I'll read a nonfiction book or like a biography. And, um, I find them really interesting, but they're really hard to sit down and read because, You kind of have to focus on them. It's not You're not creating the image in your mind, really. You're trying to replicate something that has kind of already happened, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, yeah, like, I think a lot of fiction, the focus is, like, let's take you somewhere that you only can go through books, and you can envision the world and, you know, put yourself in it and just imagine it however you want, and that's really, really cool. But with nonfiction, you know, you're not necessarily building this world that you couldn't go to. I mean, granted, like, the events that happen in a nonfiction book, you weren't there for. Well, maybe you were, but most likely you were not there for. So, um, you know, you're putting yourself in the shoes of somebody that was. And for some reason, I think people think of nonfiction as, like, a textbook. You know, it's like most nonfiction books are not written that way at all. It's not like, here's all these facts that we're trying to learn. It's really a lot more about, um, and the ones that I enjoy anyway, it's a lot more about like what was going on with those people in that moment and kind of like, how did we get there? And just, you know, filling out the story and the details around those. You know, it's very much like the difference between a documentary and then a, you know, a Movie based on a true story, except that everything in nonfiction should be true
1: um one of the highlights that I had was just inheritance games, so um inheritance games is mostly a mystery book, but it's kind of written differently, so it's not written exactly like a mystery book, and I probably wouldn't have read this book at all um except for the fact that we put it on the book of the month list. So Harrison actually chose this book for the book of the month and I ended up really enjoying it and it just became a really n- neat thing to me if that makes sense like the mystery was very um intriguing and with the way that the book ended I I really felt like continuing the series. So I'm actually currently reading the Hawthorne Legacy and um, I already have borrowed on Libby the book after that. I think it's called The Final Gambit. And I'm really excited. Yeah, so, for,
0: so now you're like trying to you're rushing through them. You're like, oh I gotta well, get through
1: it before. <laughs> well, no one else is in line for it. So like I've already renewed once and no one was in line for it. So I'm assuming that I'll oh, just wow. keep renewing it. <laughs> so well
0: Okay, I'm, I guess maybe I'm the only person that's like, oh, I got to get through all these. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I'll have like five or six books in my Libby at the same time. I'm like, oh no, yeah. here we go.
1: When I put like requests into Libby, um, I tend to do them all at the same time. But then it's just like, oh crap, I don't have enough time to read this entire series in a month. So <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, for series, I usually try to Wait. And then, like, once I get halfway through the first book, I'll try to request a second. But usually I kind of can look and be like, okay, there's a pretty long way on the rest of that, so. Yeah.
1: And then the other um, highlighted book for me is Dune. And I actually talked about this earlier. Um, and uh, I mentioned that I am really happy that I just managed to read this book. I was really, really worried that it was going to become... Um, Kind of my situation with the Lord of the Rings series where I just instantly got bored whenever um right after something big happened because in the Lord of the Rings I there's just a lot of unnecessary stuff in my mind do you agree Harrison?
0: I actually haven't read them because i I couldn't I really struggled to get through the Hobbit and Um, I think that the story in The Hobbit is very interesting. Like it has a lot of interesting elements, but I felt like there was a lot of fluff and walking. (laughs) And I know that like a lot of people say that and they're like, oh no, it's really good. You just have to look past all that stuff. And like, that's fine. And, you know, I finished The Hobbit and it was good, but I didn't really have like a desire to go through that again with the rest of the Lord of the Rings books
1: yeah and I I actually didn't finish the Lord of the Rings series I only read the Hobbit and I maybe got like a hundred pages from the end of the first book in the Lord's (laughs) Lord of the Rings and then I was like yeah I I don't think I'm ever going to finish this so and I'm not too worried and I'd already forgotten like half of the plot. because I just I just couldn't follow it really well, so I was just a little worried that was gonna that was going to happen with dune too, because it it sounds dune was a very when i was fir- when I was first looking at dune, it was a really interesting story, so i I really wanted to like it, and I'm really happy that I did, and um it was really long and I think I think I will, like I said before, I think I will complete the series, but um, I think there should be a break in between the two. I would not read the entire Dune series straight through.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and um, it's just, it's interesting that just the way Dune is, you know, and I think that there are a lot of you know, and it's been a minute since I've read The Hobbit, so, you know, I guess don't go crazy about it, but um, there are a lot of challenges in The Hobbit that are similar in Doom, like the characters that have, like there are just like these different species that you don't really know, and there's like a lot of new things, and I do think that makes those things hard to keep track of in your mind, especially when like these like vivid pictures are not already created for you. And the other thing though, in, which is, probably why some people enjoy The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and even in the case of Dune because I wasn't crazy about Dune but there are movies associated with them so if you've seen the movie and then you go to read the book some of that mental picture is already put together and makes it easier to keep them all apart but I am not familiar with the Lord of the Ring movies I I've seen them but I don't like know them super well so it it is harder to keep all of that straight in your head. And it's the same scenario with Dune. So that kind of wraps up how far we've made it into the year, just the things that we've enjoyed, how we're doing. And so um, now we're going to move into talking about what we're looking forward to with the remaining months in the year and just kind of the things that we know are planned to finish out some of our goals.
1: Yeah, so... um... One of the series that I've really wanted to read for quite a while, um, and I actually have all of the physical books for, is the Foundation series. And this series was written by Isaac Asimov, and um, there actually is a TV show on Apple TV Plus, but according to Harrison, it it does not relate to the books at all. Like, it's not very similar.
0: It is not at all. So, Apple announced that they were going to be making this thing and then they they, they were going to be making this TV series. And then they made us wait, like, a year or two before it actually released, which is, like, so cruel. Like, you have to wait between seasons. Usually, you don't have to wait for the first season that long. But anyway... So they announced it, and then when they set a release date for the first episode, I was like, okay, before that date, I'm going to have read the entire series. So I sat down, I read the entire thing, and then when the show actually came out, I watched the first episode and was so confused. It was not following the timeline. It was not following the story at all, and I was just totally lost. So they have taken a lot of creative liberties and which is fine. They actually have been working with a member of Asimov's family to kind of like keep it true to the books. And they know that some modifications need to be made and that's fine. But, um, I really struggled to follow the TV series because I had just finished the books. It was so hard in my mind. I was like, this is not how it goes. Um, so I haven't even finished the TV series because of it. the first season. Anyway, the second season's about to come out though.
1: Yeah. I think by the time that this episode is actually released, it might be out. So
0: interesting. So I'll have to take a look at it because I need to finish season one, I guess. But, um, this book, I actually read this series and it is one of the things I'm also looking forward to in the year because I am going to reread the entire series with Anderson. And, um, yeah, and I'll probably watch the TV series at the exact same time. But one of the things I did not know about the Foundation series is that a lot of the elements in the Foundation series are what led to some of Star Wars' like basic, like science fiction foundation. And that also was used for Star Trek. And so this series of books is kind of like the first science fiction. It's like really big. There's plenty of stuff that came before this, you know, it, it's not the first thing ever, but this kind of like lays the foundation for a lot of what we consider to be science fiction today. And um, I mean, the stories are really, really good.
1: Yeah. So there's a total of 10 books in the series. Um, <clears throat> it's a, it's a sci-fi. um, It's a sci-fi series. That is set in a future where humanity's humanity is now in an interstellar empire, the galactic empire, and it is on the brink of collapse. So this mathematician predicted the downfall of this empire and tries to establish the foundation, which um, is a planet that is tasked with preserving knowledge and shaping the future of civilization. And this series kind of spans over a long time. So it's spanning over centuries and it's just crazy how big this is.
0: Yeah. So the idea is that like the empire and like the world is kind of like, in this huge collapse and then a lot of things are starting to go wrong. And Harry Seldon comes up with like this plan where he can basically like predict how things are going to lay out in the future. But it has like some basic rules that have to be followed. And his plan, if everything goes according to plan is... thousand years so this timeline where you see like the empire or just kind of like the world kind of be restored takes place across a thousand years but one of the biggest reasons they create this like secluded planet is because one of the base rules that um you know is has to be followed in order for the plan to work out is that nobody can know that this plan exists so that's kind of why they like create this secluded thing but the stories all span across a thousand years and Isaac Asimov actually never finished the 1,000 years so when you get through to like the 10th book and you're like "Wait, wait what happened here like we never finished the thousand years it's because like the story does kind of like mutate and you kind of see these other things that go on and What seems to be like the primary objective in book one is not really the objective anymore by the time you get to like book nine and book 10 because it just kind of deviated a lot. And Asimov actually wrote this series out of order. It's like really weird how it lays out if you look at the way that the books are published. So... A lot of times, like he was just writing each book to be a good story, and there's elements that kind of build off of each other. But for the most part, each of the books it would actually be a fairly good standalone book.
1: That that is a book series I'm really looking forward to, and my goal is to just kind of finish this series by the end of the year. Um, I think that'll be a a challenge for me to do, but I'm really excited, and I'm. I think the story is really good, and so far, um, I'm in the first book. I'm pretty sure it's called Prelude to the Foundation. (laughs) So far, it's been really good and really interesting. Yeah,
0: I think that that is going to be definitely, I think, when you look back at your year, um, the Foundation series is probably going to be a highlight if you can get through most of it. I mean, I think any portion of it... um, you know, I think you'll really enjoy. So um, I'm excited that you're reading it and I'm definitely looking forward to rereading it and kind of like following along with that and also just seeing with the TV series as well. Maybe I'll try to finish season one before I start rereading it so that I'm not like really out of whack again. Um, But anyway, uh, another thing I am looking forward to throughout the end of the year is I am going to start picking up some more nonfiction, which I kind of mentioned earlier, and I'm kind of getting more into biographies. So um, I don't really have like a huge list of biographies or like books that I know I want to read upcoming, but I tend to get in these like spurts where there's like a topic I'm very interested in. So I kind of like dive down and maybe read three, four books about it or like similar genres. And then I'm kind of like, okay, I need a break. So then I try to do something different. And, um, you know, I think that, um, what I'm going to be doing is picking up quite a few biographies and just kind of diving into some people's lives and just hearing their stories. I very recently read, um, the Bob Iger book that's called the ride of a lifetime. And I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of stuff about Bob Iger that I had no clue. Um, It was it was a really great book, and I mean, I know a lot more about Bob Iger, and um, which is pretty interesting because you know he's starting to become uh, another big, like a a very relevant person. And today, you know, because he just became CEO of Disney again, and so um, it's just an interesting perspective. And um, but I'm probably going to start picking up a couple more biographies because I was really enjoying that and kind of on this nonfiction kick. So. I do think I'm gonna pick up the biography for Walt Disney. Uh, just kind of interesting. Like I feel like uh, the you know the Disney company has all of this like impact in the world, and we see the name and um, you know there are stories all over the place. But I feel like a lot of people don't know a lot about Walt itself. So I'm interested to hear more about him. And then I've just got some people in history that I know that um, I'm interested in reading more about. So I'm probably going to pick up the book on uh, Theodore Roosevelt, maybe one on Thomas Edison. And then um, I'd like to see if I can find another biography on Steve Wozniak. Not too long ago, maybe a couple of years, I read a book called I Was, And um, it's all about Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs' relationship Um As they created Apple, it's got a lot more to do with Steve Wozniak than it does with Steve Jobs. And um, it's a fascinating read. And it's a lot of fun because if you don't know anything about Steve Wozniak, he's um, a super big nerd and he is just really, really funny. And a lot of the technology that he helped create, the reason he created it at the beginning was just to play a fun prank on other people. So... Um, he's got a lot of pranks that are pretty cool. And then you can just see how like the stuff that he did has shaped what we do every single day with technology today. So, um, yeah, I think I'll probably be picking up some biographies, which, uh, I think is always, a, a fun set of reads.
1: Another book that I am looking forward to is, um, Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. So this book was also recommended to me by Herson. And this was after um, the Ahsoka trailer came out. Um, so Ahsoka's been a character that I've always been kind of interested in because she she just popped up in the Clone Wars series um <clears throat> as Anakin's Padawan. And um after the Clone Wars series was finished, you you see that she, she leaves the Jedi order and all of that, but we never hear much until we get back to the Star Wars Rebels series about what is going on with her. So, um, it sounds like this Ahsoka book is, is kind of filling that gap. So it's, it takes place after Revenge of the Sith, and it's just kind of exploring her journey after the Clone Wars and the Galactic Empire is rising. And, I'm kind of, I, I'm really looking forward to it because I just kind of want to see what her story is after Order 66.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed this book. And, um, one of the things that I think is, you know, very interesting is Ahsoka was kind of brought in as this character, like for storytelling purposes, you know, like, um, It makes a ton of sense that in the Clone Wars, they introduce a Padawan for Anakin because now Anakin and somebody else can go on these things. And you can have an episode that's all about Anakin, but you can kind of learn about what he's thinking because he has to explain it to somebody else. And that other person is Ahsoka. And, you know, that was really cool. But then even in Rebels, she's in that show. She's very prominent in that show, but she's not the main character. So there's all these stories about Ahsoka... That we know, but none of them are purely about Ahsoka. So there's a lot of these things that are kind of left unknown. And um, you know, it's interesting and I thought it was enjoyable to read in this book. Something where Ahsoka is the main character. That is what we are supposed to be following. But you also get that internal dialogue that you don't get when you watch a movie or a TV show or any of that. And um I just think that you learn a lot about a character based on the way they think, and it's really interesting in this book to kind of get a little bit more of that.
1: And that brings us to the end of this episode.
0: You can find the Bookworm Collective on Instagram at the underscore Bookworm Collective and on Facebook at the Bookworm Collective. Don't forget that on our next episode, we'll be discussing the July Book of the Month Ender's Game.